Let's freaking go. I forgot to play the open because I just wanted to get going now that the stinking NFL games are over. I'm so excited to chat about college football. I love the NFL. I enjoyed watching the games myself today, but I was more so just getting ready for the show as LSU. Yes, your dear beloved LSU Tigers got another commitment. Jabari Antoine, a 2025 four-star defensive back. This is yet another top 100 recruit that is committed to LSU. Obviously, at a Westgate High School, that is something that Corey Raymond is going to dominate moving forward. That was something that Frank Wilson did some work on as well. LSU was able to close the deal. And look, if you're an LSU Tiger fan, you are feeling so freaking good about life right now. Because guess what? The 2025 class has a chance to be one of the best recruiting classes of all time at Louisiana State University. So we're really excited to talk about that. Also, we got to talk about the here and now, the incoming 2024 class. We also got to talk about Brian Kelly. We're also going to get into some LSU women's basketball. But I do want to chat about something called a zero-sum game, right? I love, love when you take somebody from a rival, Okay, Will Redman of LSU left to go to Auburn. That is a team that is in the Southeastern Conference. We will not play Auburn every season from now until the end of time, barring some massive rule change. But one school that LSU very well could play from now until forever is Ole Miss. That is a school that, especially if the LSU or the SEC decides to go to a nine-game schedule, that is a school that you have to play next season. And judging by Lane Kiffin's own Twitter account, he has not been pleased that one key staffer from Ole Miss has decided to come back to LSU. And that's Austin Thomas today is the first live chat that we've gotten to talk about Austin Thomas. So Brian Kelly's next move, hopefully, is to keep doing these types of picks up pickups, right? LSU has lost some very key recruiting staffers. They lost Will Redman. They lost Jeremiah Bogan. And those guys have moved on. But now, LSU gets a guy who has been in Baton Rouge multiple times. And I know a lot of you have different opinions on Austin Thomas. I really don't understand how you can really have too big of an opinion on him because he's never really been at LSU for an extended period. He's been at Texas A&M. He's been at Baylor. He's been at Ole Miss. He's been at all these different places. But... For me, I am really excited that he is back for LSU. Yes, is there some bias, some purple colored glasses mixed in there? Absolutely, as there is with every single move. But you could just see from Lane Kiffin, he has tweeted nonstop about the Ole Miss victory over LSU, which won't happen next season because we're going to learn how to tackle this offseason. Yes, I know. Tackling. That is a foreign concept, apparently with the LSU defense last season. So really excited about that. Now, we welcome back James into the chat. LA Mom's been in here along with Tony the Tiger. Who was our first chatter tonight? It was Jared with the super sticker. He won big on Underdog Fantasy today. Jared, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Tell you, Underdog Fantasy is where it's at. Um, Actually, had some bad luck today on Underdog. But guess what? It has nothing to do with me. 
I want you guys to win. I would prefer you guys to win. As long as you use my promo code Carter, sign up now, get a 100% deposit match bonus. Now, I do want to chat about the SEC in uh, in, in general. So on Power Hour SEC, my SEC channel with uh, the LSU channel here, um, if you don't know, I do a channel outside of Power Hour LSU that is more SEC focused. It's not as live stream focused. It is mostly just film reviews. Okay. So on the SEC channel, I did an hour long breakdown of Quinn Ewers because I have been a noted Quinn Ewers hater. It would not shock me next season if it was down between him and Garrett Nussmeyer for first team all SEC that Garrett Nussmeyer beats him out. Okay. I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. And how good Quinn Ewers played versus Washington. I thought that on first glance that he wasn't really that good in that game at all. But sometimes what happens is if you're in an elite QB duel and the other guy was unconscious, you're just kind of like, eh, you know, the other guy was just so much better. Michael Penix, he was near perfect. He was near Burrow level, honestly, in that one game. Now, we know he fell apart and choked versus Michigan, but Still, he was really good in that game. Quinn Ewers was as well. And I also did a film study on Jackson Arnold. And that's actually someone that's on our schedule next season. And he did some very promising things. He's going to be their starter next year, but he threw a bunch of picks. Okay. I like both of them moving forward. I don't love either of them. And I am starting to talk myself into the possibility now that I've watched all these other quarterbacks, I watched Nico Imeabelaba, uh, the Tennessee quarterback who I love. I've been on the Nico train before many others were on the Nico train when I first watched him as a junior. Um, I think he is the best quarterback in the SEC, but I think Garrett Nussmeyer has a chance to better him. And I think the one guy standing in the way of Garrett Nussmeyer potentially being the best quarterback in the entire Southeastern Conference is Carson Beck. Okay? The SEC is relatively loaded at QB next season. So I'm telling you right now, there is a non-zero chance that Garrett Nussmeyer is first-team All-SEC next year. It's going to be really hard to top Carson Beck but Georgia has their toughest schedule. And the reason why I include all of this about Garrett Nussmeyer, let's say he is the best quarterback in the SEC next season. Let's say he does absolutely light things up. There's not only a non-zero chance that he is first-team All-SEC, there's also a non-zero chance he jumps to the NFL after one year of being a starter. Because next season will be year five of the Garrett Nussmeyer train. So it's very interesting. Yeah, 2021, 2022, 2023, actually it'll be year four. And then year five would be, of course, his senior season. Senior season. So he still has two years left. Um, I misspoke there, but still, I think Garrett has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football next year. Okay, the, and I will tell you this, this is coming after me watching Quinn Ewers and not just not liking him. I just never really was a fan of his. He grew on me in the Washington game. Okay, so yes, LA mom, I, I think so. 
I think so. It's going to be really hard, though. I think at this point, you cannot deny that the Texas Longhorns have the better skill guys. They have the better receivers uh, at this point. They probably have about the same level in running back room. Play caller, it's pretty clear that Steve Sarkeesian is top five in all college football. The difference is the offensive line. Texas's offensive line should be a major concern if you're a Texas fan watching this. And we have in the background some more SEC fans that are a fan of the SEC channel that watch me on the live channel here. I want you guys to step up and chat. Even though it's a bunch of LSU fans in here, we do not rip off the face of people who have opposing viewpoints. Okay? Um, but the truth is, if Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be the QB1 next season, this is going to be the biggest hurdle of any LSU wide receiver room we have ever had. And what do I mean by hurdle? This is the first time in eons, and I mean eons, that we don't have the bona fide number one first-round talent alpha in our wide receiver room. Okay? Now, really think about that. You honestly have to go all the way back to 2018. And even then, you still had young Jamar Chase, young Terrace Marshall, Justin Jefferson, and um, and some really talented pieces. And Foster Moreau was a tight end on that team. This wide receiver room is wide open, and and if they step up and play at the level we know LSU wide receivers can play, uh, we'll, we'll be fine. C.J. Daniels is someone that Sway believes can be that person. So we'll see. Okay. Um, let's go to Brian here. Uh, he and I had some chat about the NFL earlier today on Twitter. Texas is better than LSU at about every position right now. I disagree. You know, I think offensive line LSU clears, um, defensively. I say clears for the first time defensively. I mean, at least we got their D line coach. The good news is we don't have to play Texas next season. Right now, the SEC hierarchy is Georgia, Texas, and everybody else. Okay? Um, That's just how it is. But I think LSU could find their way at number three. They they could be right there. We don't have to play either one of those teams next season either. Okay? Ole Miss is definitely in that mix. But if you were to go look at the national championship odds right now, LSU has better national championship odds than Ole Miss. Now, a few more things. You guys don't have a gazillion topics I want to get into. I was dying for these NFL games to end. I hate it when the chat split and people are giving score updates. I understand it's like second nature and all that. So I've been sitting here for like 30. Um, I got a thousand topics I want to get into. All right. But. As always, your super chats are always welcome. Big shout out to Jared. He started things off for us tonight. What are we giving out tonight? Um, where is it? Oh, I stacked them up up there. Uh, let's go big tonight. Let's go big. Um, 
Give it out. Terrace Marshall, one of one holographic card. I want to go big here. And I do have another Jaden Daniels print. So if we get to 100 in Super Chats, we'll give this out. And the first $50 Super Chatter will give you a Jaden Daniels 8x11 print. We've given out so many. They have been very popular. So uh, let's, let's get it lit. Now, I will briefly touch on this. We have already done a full hour-long show on this topic, which is the very bizarre Keishan Booty story. If you want my full thoughts on that, go back to Thursday's live stream. The story just broke, and we did a full hour on it. And my disappointment, obviously, in that situation, you could check it out. Probably not going to talk a whole lot about it, but I will uh, go back into it probably sometime later in this show. I really, I really don't want to get into to this tonight, though, because it's just it's such a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Um, but I do want to share something. I, I do know of. Uh, uh, Actually, I'll save that for another time. Huh? 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 I, I do want to bring up one thing, though. Okay? And it is kind of key. You know, I follow a lot of fantasy football people. Now, why is that relevant? Well, when it comes to evaluating, in particular, running backs and wide receivers, their data can really help out in determining who the best players actually are, okay? And there are a lot of these kind of dynasty fantasy football people that I follow. Now, what does that have to do with LSU? Well, I will tell you this. What they are saying about Malik Neighbors is astonishing to me, okay? I, I, I've shared this plenty of times over. I know this always gets to chat lit, but the bottom line is Malik Neighbors is the best LSU wide receiver of the modern era. I'm not going to say he's the best prospect. That would be Jamar Chase. I'm not going to say he had the best single season. That's probably also Jamar Chase. I'm also not just going to flat out say he had the best career at LSU. There's plenty of people that have a conversation with that. Odell does. Josh Reed does. Obviously, Justin Jefferson does for an entire career. But when you mix all those things in, the guy was so simply incredible. And I'm not so much concerned that he's gone and we can't be a good LSU wide receiver room next season. It's just the dynasty community is saying all this stuff about him. That he is the number two overall player on people's boards over any of the quarterbacks um, the only wide receiver that's ahead of him is Marvin Harrison. That's the only prospect that I see consistently. But now I'm starting to see more of them say, hey, Malik Neighbors is better than Marvin Harrison. Okay? So I say all of that just to share that replacing him is probably going to be a near impossible task. And I know we felt that way after Jamar Chase and then Kayshawn happened. And then Kayshawn gets hurt. We were worried. End of the world. Malik happened. 
Hopefully the same thing happens here. And Kyron Lacey is the next Malik Neighbors. Maybe that does happen. But I just wanted to share that with you that it would have been nice to have him for one more year, obviously. But Malik Neighbors is one of the best LSU football players of all time. And there's no doubt about it. Okay? Next thing. Let's go to Brian's Super Chat. LSU's week one game versus USC is enormous. Offensively, to me, they are just as deadly as a Florida State at wide receiver. I don't envy the task ahead of Baker. Okay. So, USC's wide receiver room, Deuce Robinson, a really good tight end, and Zachariah Branch is also a really good player. They do lose to Taj Washington, number 16 for them, a really good player. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, man, I don't think they have a receiver as good as Keon Coleman. Uh, but they're also different, right? They're not as big. Um, but this this is what I will say about Blake Baker and this entire defensive coaching staff. They are going to just make us so much better, okay? Um, I Even with the lack of personnel we have on defense, I feel like LSU is going to get a few more portal guys. But I, ju- I just think with the scheme that we're going to have next season, and it's not just, you know, the fact that Blake Baker is a good DC. It's the fact that Madhouse is out. Okay, so look, it's it is what it is at this point. Um, I I I just think defensively we're going to do fine. Does USC roll with Miller Moss as their starting quarterback next season? I would like to think that they do. So we'll see. You know the game, Brian, that I think is going to be very tricky will be UCLA. Right, we're going to be so focused on. USC, UCLA should be fascinating as well, even though we do get them at home. Okay. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I was going to save the NFL chatter for later because a lot of you watch those games. I watch those games. Um, But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save the NFL chatter for later. It's LSU football channel. We're also going to talk about LSU women's basketball as well. We've not talked about the USC game, or USC, not talked about the South Carolina game. LSU baseball is around the corner. I'm seeing Twitter videos of Tommy Tanks uh, driving doubles. It's always a good thing. But here's one thing I will say, okay? And I think it's very important. A lot of you don't watch the NFL that closely. I do. You know, during the season, it's a little bit harder because I'm cutting film studies on Sundays. But I have never in my life seen an all-time great team. And the Ravens are an all-time great team. They, with the regular season, blew out so many good teams by double digits. They blew out this 49ers team. They blew the brakes off of really good football teams all year long. 
but discipline and leadership matter so much. Okay. And you're Brian Kelly preached that process, keeping yourselves together, keeping yourself smart. Okay. Doing the little things right, doing your job. And so much of the conversation after the Chiefs game was about Patrick Mahomes winning another game and Taylor and, and Travis and and obviously the bad officiating. Oh, they had it for the Chiefs. It's a script that's fixed. No. Yeah, there were some bad calls that didn't go the Ravens' way, but the Ravens sucked. They were way too high-strung coming into this game, and they did not do the little things right. They were hitting people late. They had so many personal foul penalties. I have never seen a hardball coach team play so selfishly in that spot. And the reason why I bring that up is when I was watching that game, I was like, you know what? You know what this reminds me of? The way the Ravens played today reminded me of the LSU defense. Okay? The fact that we would do a lot of these personal fouls, late hits. We didn't get whistled for a lot of them, but we just did not play button up. Okay. And sometimes you have to wonder about culture and all that stuff. Okay. One thing I think Blake Baker is going to need to do when he gets in is understand that next year, we're not going to have the most talented LSU defense ever. But if we go in there with a team first mentality that we as a defense are better than us as individuals, we're going to be better. We are going to be better defensively if we can just ingrain that into our players. Okay. And a perfect example of this is the Ole Miss game that Lane Kiffin just keeps tweeting about, right? Third and 11. Denver Harris goes for some wild tackle. All he had to do was stand the wide receiver up. His back was turned to him, but he left his feet, which is something you should never do unless you have to. And Trey Harris was able to break the tackle and pick up the first down. We were up by nine. You make one tackle, they're probably going to go for it on fourth in the fourth quarter. You make a play on fourth, it's game over. It's just understanding when you play in a game. Yes, individually you want to be amped up. Yes, you want to go into a game making the highlight Instagram level play. But it felt like the Ravens played like our defense today. Okay? And the funny thing is, is Baltimore only gave up 17 points. But that mentality was also on the Ravens' offensive side of the football. You get a big play, you're down by 10, and you decide to taunt the other team? It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. All right? So the truth here is you have got to be focused. You've got to be focused. Yeah, we're chatting NFL. Love the NFL. Lots of LSU Tigers in there. Congrats to Clyde edwards Alaire. Going to another Super Bowl. Excited about that. Saw Patrick Queen out there. Had some tough moments, but also had a few nice plays mixed in there. Also going to his first Pro Bowl. Um, and there you go. Oh, Clyde gets another ring. Yeah. It, 
I don't know. I felt like he gave himself up a little too much today. Okay. Dev just says, I've forced my LSU girlfriend, or I've forced my girlfriend to become an LSU fan. Life is great. Well, I actually uh, did that to Haley. I forced her to become an LSU fan. And uh, she happily obliged. (laughs) I mean, we started dating around 2019 LSU. Okay. 2018, we were dating that first year. But 2019 LSU happened when things were... Uh, starting to get really serious, and well, she got to go to uh, a 2019 LSU game, and then the rest is history. Okay, the rest is history. Uh, they do. Uh, Ty Davis Price. I don't know if he's active on the roster, uh, but there you go. Jared killing it on Underdog Fantasy. There you go. Uh, but God, that mentality, you've got, you've got to be disciplined. You just do. Okay. Uh, you know, I want, I wanted to chat a little bit more about Jaleel Muhammad, uh, the defensive tackle who's been, uh, offered by LSU, but I wanted to get to this. Okay. This was a big, uh, talking point today. Jared, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you. Now, I want you to type Y for yes, type in for no. If you believe taunting should be allowed in football, okay? And we'll get back into a more LSU-specific thing. Um, But I am really excited about potentially Jalil Muhammad, a defensive tackle committing to LSU. Not the biggest guy, but he's got some pass rushing chops, okay? Joey B. The GOAT. The freaking GOAT. Says, let the guys taunt. Type Y for yes, type in for no. I believe you should be allowed to taunt. Okay. I believe you should be allowed to taunt. And there's a double up on the confirmation. Everyone said hi to LA Farm Girl. Welcome to the channel. Titus Price. There you go. Met his parents earlier this year. I agree with Joe. I think it's two-sided. You should be allowed to taunt. As long as you don't tower over someone and you don't physically impede that person. I don't mind trash talking. I don't mind that at all. But if your taunting involves pushing someone down like Zay Flowers did today, then that should be a flag. But I don't mind direct trash talking. I really don't. Something else that bothers me. In, in sports, and I think it's a big reason why we have issues such as this, is I hate it when referees break things up, okay? I hate it when referees break a play up before an unsportsmanlike penalty is even allowed to happen, 
I feel it is on the players to control their emotions. Okay. If trash talking is allowed, that's the conversation we're having right now. Yes, trash talk is allowed to a certain degree. You can't taunt somebody, though. So where is that line? Joe Burrow rarely tweets. I like taunting. It just adds a little extra spice. We also need Joe Burrow back to prevent Patrick Mahomes from running the NFL for forever. Joe Burrow doesn't crack under pressure like these other QBs do. Okay. Everybody, welcome Dorian to the channel. He says no to taunting. Taunting could start fights on the field. Okay. Sure. Let them happen. I, I'm pro fighting on the field. Of course, you need to go break up the fight. But you also, as a player, have to control your own emotions. The referee should not stop something unless it starts, if that makes sense. Let me see. Ooh, I had some bad luck today on some underdog fantasy stuff. Ooh. Mm. T-Mail, what's good? Let me see. Joe Burrow is... Three and one versus Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Jared's going full time underdog. Ha 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 ha. All right. Next thing I want to get into as far as LSU is concerned. Okay. I want to chat women's basketball briefly. Uh, this is our first time chatting since the South Carolina game. Obviously, it uh, was a loss. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, that loss doesn't really hurt LSU all that much. So far, you've lost three games. You lost to Colorado. Um on a neutral court, you lost to Auburn on the road, and you lost to South Carolina. You went out, and maybe you win the rematch versus South Carolina in the SEC tournament. You're getting a top seed, and you're getting to host in the NCAA tournament. I don't think it's really that big a deal if they lost another game. There's also a piece of me that kind of wants them to lose in the SEC tournament. 
because we are not a deep team. And if we lose in the SEC tournament, our legs will be fresher for March. Last year, we were deeper than what we were this year. Okay? We go to Nola Grizz. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Obviously, we need to do a PHO meetup at your next MMA fight. Big shout out to you. Um, obviously, your significant other um, gave us one of the best uh, halftime shows ever <laughs> with her analysis. Uh, but yeah, you are awesome. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, man, you, you crush it. It is so cool. So quick story on Nola Grizz before you pick the next topic and you can pick any topic you want to. All right. Um, so Nola Grizz is an MMA fighter. He was getting ready to fight, and he was actually wearing a, a PHL shirt to warm up before he got into the ring. And little did he know that the, one of the people who designed our logo, this logo right here, was one of the trainers of another fighter fighting. So there's a photo somewhere. i got to go look it up. And uh, Nola Grids is the only person here on PHL, including myself who has gotten to meet the person that designed the PHL logo that you see right here. Okay. So that's super cool. And, uh, it made his day that he got to see his logo, like out into the wild. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, and it's actually that logo right there. Um, but that's so dope. Uh, you can't count out Mahomes and Kelsey. You just can't. They're the goats. They're the freaking goats. Day Day. Yeah, pick up basketball is probably where trash talk is like at its highest. And I love it. I miss playing pickup for that reason. It's part of why I'm going to lose some weight. Uh, I got to lose some weight, y'all. I've got to. I've gotten so chunky. Okay. I saw uh, a few of you bring up the Texas horns down thing. Um, man, when I heard that BYU coach say what he said about the horns down, saying, hey, it's not BYU to wear horns down shirts in the student section. Really? I remember going to a thousand LSU football games where Nick Saban was on the other sideline. I never heard Alabama once complain about FU Saban chance. Do you think we get mad when we hear Ole Miss fans say, go to Hades, LSU? Yes, the worst place ever. The worst place ever. Go there. That gets chanted out. You don't hear us complaining. But horns down is where we draw the line. It's where we draw the line. Give me a break. Give me a break. Texas, go kick 
Rocks. Echo. I'm actually cheering for AM next season to win the rivalry game. AM! The fighting Mike Elkos to beat you next season. Okay. Let's go to Nola Grizz. We also say hi to Jules in the chat. Day uh, Day, Tyler. Lots of former PHO winners in here. Let me see. I want to make sure we welcome everyone in before I answer this next one. If I missed your comment earlier, just comment again. We'll try and get to it. Charlie's in here. Uncle Charlie, professional poker player. I'm sure you already talked about this, but what ramifications for LSU may come down with the KB gambling charges? There you go. Um, I, I touched on it briefly, and on Thursday we did an hour-long show. I think you uh, already watched that one as well. And I touched on it briefly a little bit earlier, and I wanted to get back into it later, but you super chatted, so we're going to go straight to it. Let me start by saying this, okay? Are there worse things that athletes do than betting against the rules? Yes. Yes. There are, there are a, a, a ton of things that athletes do that are worse than that. And that includes assault, robbery, all kinds of different things. But one thing we've seen in professional sports leagues is penalties for sports gambling can be more severe than actual severe real-world harm type of things. Okay? That should not be the case. But I'm just telling you, that's how serious organizations treat sports gambling, especially when there is evidence that leads you to believe that an athlete placed a bet in a game that he played. Okay? That sucks. That really really sucks because it compromises the integrity of your entire brand, your entire team. Okay. And the thing about it is you should know this. You should know this. All right. Now, do we know if LSU told its athletes before Kayshawn went on his betting spree to not do this, we'll never a gazillion percent know how like stringent they are on that. But most teams do that, and I would think LSU does that. And Brian Kelly has even mentioned these types of things in press conferences in the past. Okay? So why is that important? Well, you don't ever want anyone to think that your players are betting on the games that they're playing in. You never you never want that to be out there. Okay? So, it sucks. And if there are more players that are associated with this, not only at LSU, but anywhere, okay, 
the hammer will probably come down pretty hard in some shape, form, or fashion. And that's why, you know, I've seen some defend Kayshawn. In fact, on my Thursday live stream, some said uh, that they were trying to defend Kayshawn in the chat, and they thought I was blowing things out of proportion. Man, I'm sorry. It is a very serious matter, okay? It is a very serious matter, okay? Um, so, there you go. Now, it's a good question, though. Do I think LSU, anything's going to happen to LSU? Not really, okay? I am going to cross my fingers that this was just a one-player thing. I'm going to cross my fingers that no coach or player knew about any of this. Uh, and that Kayshawn was just someone who went rogue. But man, to create a username, a username that said Kayshawn Booty 01. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Sam, welcome. Thoughts on Taylor Swift? Oh, man. I love it. I, I, I'm not joking. I'm not just being hot take contrarian. What Taylor Swift has done for the NFL will be studied for years. Okay. My my nieces are glued to the Chiefs games. I didn't care about the NFL before this year. Okay. Yeah, I think there's 172 diehard sports fans watching me right now. We all are sports fans. Taylor's reach. She's the biggest celebrity on the planet right now. And her team is winning. And you got to think of it this way. All right. They don't show Taylor Swift a gazillion times during the game. They just don't. They show her like two or three times. And today, one lip reader saw Taylor. She saw herself on the TV. Because uh, if you're sitting in a luxury box, oftentimes there is a TV showing the CBS broadcast of the game. Or there's monitors in there, and you could see yourself. I think Taylor Swift said, "Hey, uh, get off me," or or whatever. I think it's the best thing. I really do. Okay, and I know I'm about to lose a gajillion viewers even bringing this up. And I know a lot of you disagree with that, but I I do think it's brought in a new fan. And you got to think about it this way. All right. The way music fans or just fans of non-sports consume their content is different than that of sports fans. Okay? Music fans, when you go into a concert, you know what you're going to get. A lot of, like, Taylor Swift fans, they probably watch uh, movies. I, I would guess that there's probably a Taylor Swift crossover with Lifetime movies and, and you know, those kinds of things. Sports is, is, is a very different feel. 
And you got to think about it. A lot of these Taylor Swift fans are feeling the tenacity and the tension of football for the first time. Okay. A lot of us don't watch football for the football. We watch it because of the gravity, the, um, the immediacy of it. You don't get that in music. Now you get a different kind of connection in music. And I've worked in the music industry before as a, you know, DJ and, um, both radio DJ, wedding DJ, all that stuff. Um, uh, DJing a few of y'all's weddings. It's, I'm looking forward to that. But sports is just a different high, if you will. And they're, they're feeling that for the first time. And that's crazy. So that just sinks. That just sinks into your psyche that much more. Okay. <laughs> Samuel's just tired of it. And I get it. So you're fine to, to feel tired of it. I think Taylor Swift's tired of it as well. I really don't think Taylor gains a whole lot from it. The NFL is winning far more than Taylor is winning off of this. If that makes sense. She doesn't need Travis Kelsey. She doesn't need any of this. But it is what it is. It's true, but here's here's my here's where I'll push back on Taylor Swift and the the ratings. I don't know how much it moves the needle for the Super Bowl, okay? Because Taylor Swift fans also watch the Super Bowl, okay? They do. CJ, welcome to the channel. Good to see you. Hmm. Yes, Scooby, I, I just don't know this, though. I'll never believe he wasn't telling others in the wide receiver room. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Cliff, yes. they. I might be wrong on that, but... Yeah, I mean, most people watch the Super Bowl. 100 million people watch it. You know, it's not... Like, the ratings are so different because there is a halftime show. Okay? You know, there's... Think about the millions of Rihanna fans that don't care about football. They watched Super Bowl halftime show next last year. Okay? Hip-hop show in L.A. So on and so on. So, there you go. Now, I'm going to get back into some LSU football here. Uh, we are only 70 away from giving out the Terrace Marshall card tonight. Bio bingo. Either the NFL is truly rigged or the Lions are cursed doomed for eternity. Yeah, they the NFL did a bad job of rigging this game for the 49ers. Uh, 
the Lions choked. Anyone that watched that game knows that they choked. There wasn't any bad call that cost the Lions that game. Okay. When uh, a deep pass goes off your face mask and into the hands of a receiver, it it's not your nine. I don't know about you guys, but that Brandon IU catch felt just like the Auburn catch, the miracle in Jordan Hare, right? Where it deflected off um, like a DB and it just floated in the air of a wide receiver. Now that was on fourth and a mile, but there you go. Uh, you want? I'll place a bet that she won't be on stage during the halftime show. You want to bet it right now, Cliff? I'll I'll bet you fifty dollars right now. What did you disagree with, Tyler? I'm genuinely curious. Let me see. Now, I I do want to chat some about one LSU Tiger in particular. And he's coming in for this 2024 class. And it's something we don't talk a whole lot about um, on this channel. And that's the kicker. All right. I am very excited to see Aaron Burrell. I have heard so many good things about this kid. Now, the last highly touted Louisiana special teamer was Peyton Todd. Okay, Peyton Todd came in and he has yet had a punt at LSU. It's been the Jay Bramblett show. Okay, and then before that, it was the Avery Atkins show. So, who will be the kicker next season? Will it be Ramos? Will it be Dybert? Does Aaron Burrell beat either one of them out for the job? Okay. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But Aaron Burrell has a magical leg. A magical leg. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, you know, at this point, I've heard more from him as far as, like, kickoff specialists. Uh, as a, a guy that could come in and, and really challenge Dybert and could put the football through the back of the end zone, like an Avery Atkins or a Cameron Gamble or someone along those lines. But I, I've seen him kick field goals, and he's got distance. So something else he could give LSU, even if they don't, want him to be the field goal kicker is he probably has a stronger leg than Rama. So you can get someone who steps in and does the 50 plus yarders. Maybe that is something that he comes in and does, but I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I've talked pretty at length about most of the 2024 prospects coming in. So, you know, 
I'm I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table here. Um, strong disagreement, Tyler. You know, you got to kick the field goals when available. You know, in the first, fourth, and two, the receivers just got to catch the pass. And going into the game, Detroit was a team that was aggressive on fourth down. Okay? I'm aggressive on fourth down. I don't know if I would be as aggro as Dan Campbell. I do think you go for it there on fourth and two. I, I... I, I do think so if that is your team's mentality. Where I would partially agree with you there is it is midway through the third quarter. And if you do make that kick, it does make it a three-possession game. In the second quarter, I am more for going forward in that spot. Okay, and in the first quarter, you're never going to be up by 17 in the first quarter or by 14 in the first quarter. Uh, and being in that spot. Rarely will you. But if you are, you go for it. But I can understand being in the third quarter, kicking a field goal to go up by 17. I would be a little bit more open to that on fourth and two. Now, if it's fourth and inches, you should be on for it almost every time. Okay. The second one was a 48-yard field goal. The likelihood that you're going to get it is very little. Also, and this is coming from someone who has been a notorious Steve Wilkes non-believer, and today he was not good. But the defensive call that he had on the fourth and two, the second one, was nasty. Okay? And, and Greg Olson broke it down. The Lions went into a man-beater mesh and— the 49ers switched into zone. They showed man, but they went into zone and they made the stop. You don't know if you're getting a 48 yarder that would have tied the game. So I was okay with going forward both times, but it wasn't as clear cut, you know? So there you go. Bet former number seven. Uh, there you go. Did you know that Kayshawn's favorite athlete? This is something I heard about Kayshawn a long time ago. I'm going to give it to you right now. His favorite athlete is Pete Rose. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> huh? 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 Oh, man. Yeah, Reynolds. Oh. What do I always say, Carvis? If you're going to wear a single-digit number, make those plays. If not, take it off and give it to someone else. Okay? Um, it's, it's different, but you also got to factor a few other things in, Tyler. You know, the, the 49ers play way different. If you make or miss either of those field goals. And the second thing is to come back from a 49er standpoint is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle that you throw a bomb, hits a face mask, and it lands in your arms. 
How did that happen? How does this happen? You're the Detroit Lions. That's how that happens. Okay. Let's go to Epic Shorty. Yeah, the bottom line is you, you can't drop that fourth and two. It's a tough catch, but you got to make it. Carson Beck. We chatted about him a little bit earlier. Good to see you, Danny. Semper in here as well. Mm. Oh, I kind of I, I kind of had to call Blake about something to, to today. Kind of want to announce it here. I'll just hit him up tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And he dropped that slant on third down. Ugh. Thank you, Simper. Thank you. I am so anti-single digit. And it has now hit college basketball. Because now you can wear any number from six to nine. Used to not be able to do that in college basketball. This is the first year. NBA, everyone's got single digits. It's not unique anymore. Wide receivers, pick a number in the 80s. Pick a number in the 80s. Okay? I'm going to show some love to, Kimberly, I'm about to show some love to Lad McConkey. Rocks at number 84. Lad McConkey. Who was the best receiver today? Travis Kelsey, number 87. Where, where, where jersey number in the 80s, Bay? Huh? 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 Oh, man. So, tomorrow I'm uh, calling some college basketball. Excited about that. Oh, Pete Rose spoke to the team in Alabama. That's interesting. Good to see you, Sibley. LSU men's basketball, Alabama game. I wanted to get into this around the hour mark. I do have a Matt McMahon take, but first. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Man, I am loving what I've seen from LSU basketball. But Carter, we got blown out by Alabama. They weren't missing. Okay, we lost that game to Georgia. It's hard to play road games in the SEC. It's hard to play back-to-back road games in the SEC. So I give Jalen Cook and that team a lot of credit. They didn't just get run out of the gym in the first half. Um, now, look. 
You're starting to get some things to go your way. All right. Your next game isn't until Saturday, February 3rd. Arkansas, the worst team in the SEC, coming to Baton Rouge. Okay. Then, of course, you get Tennessee. Got to go to Tennessee. Um, that should be an interesting game. Probably going to lose that one. But then you get three winnable games in a row. Alabama's got to come to your house. You go to Florida, they're not that good. You go to South Carolina, they're also not that good. They're okay. Uh, and then you get Kentucky at home. So you win four out of these next six. You got yourself a little season here. All right? So really, really bullish on the LSU men's basketball team. If you sit down and actually watch them, they're not terrible. Last year, they were just terrible. This year, they're not terrible. They're not great, but they're also not terrible. Okay? So, um, liking what I've seen from them, and hopefully they continue to push forward. Okay? Touched on the women's team a little bit earlier. Really excited about them. And now, we get to this portion of the live stream where I wanted to talk about Brian Kelly. Okay? Obviously, you know, we talk so much about the playoff expectations, about going to a playoff next season. And look, we we got our defensive staff locked in. Man, you do not, do not want to take the wind out of the sails of this LSU offensive line. Okay. Now, what do I mean by that? This group is so good. They are so, so, so good. All right? There is no guarantee that Will Campbell and Embry Jones plays two more seasons at LSU, even though they have two years of eligibility left. It is so important to have a good offensive line in the SEC. And we really need to take advantage of the one that we'll have next season because they are about to be so good. They legit have the opportunity of being the best LSU offensive line ever. And I understand that while that group looks really good, we're doing a lot of fixing Everywhere else on the roster, okay, new quarterback, new running back room. With a bunch of returnees coming back, but Logan Diggs is gone, John Emery's hurt, so on and so on. Your two best receivers are gone. You do return your tight end room, but still. And then defensively, everything's going to be new next season. But, man, this offensive line is going to be so freaking good. And what they did versus Wisconsin cannot be understated. And I understand Wisconsin had opt-outs. I get it. But that was so freaking good, what they did in that game. Giving us the confidence for them to move forward. So, big shout-out to them. Big freaking shout-out to them. Okay? Um. I also wanted to share this. You know, I 
I don't follow a whole lot of LSU football players on Instagram. I think I follow Emory Jones. I, I'm pretty sure I follow Will Campbell uh, and a few others. And we got a few more supers. What's up, Jared? Carson? Thank you so much. Um, I saw Emory Jones, Will Campbell, Mason Taylor, and Bo Borderlawn on a hunting trip. Okay. Now, I normally just talk about LSU football. I don't talk too much about my personal life on here, but I am open about my personal life as well. We, we do these long live streams and we touch on so many different topics. I do want to tell you this, whoever you are right now, you can pull my Southern card. I have never been hunting ever. I've been fishing. I've never been hunting. It looks like hunting is the she's knit. Causing nature destruction. It looks fun. It looks fun. The only rush I want, okay, is to go on a hunting trip. And smear the first ever Bambi's blood on the, my forehead. Okay, I, 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 I want, I, I want it. I want it. I want it so bad. So the question is, who is going to take me? More than likely, it's going to be my father-in-law, but still. I, I I feel like you're looking at the next great hunt. Right. Yeah. It looks like it's me. Wait until you go cougar hunting. Nothing like it. Well, I am going to Dallas next weekend. Kidding. The cougars. Now, they're ferocious. You got to watch out. This depends. You should see the cougar traps I've set over the years. <laughs> you can't bring snacks in the blind. Tony and I going fishing, I'll take it. Scratch Austin Virginia. <laughs> Ah, that's funny. But no, I I just said Will Campbell went hunting. I didn't have anything else to say about Will, other than he's one of the best LSU football players when it comes to the first two years of your career that we've seen. He's up there with Jamal Adams and many others in the first two years uh, of their career. It is so hard to be good 
day one and Will Campbell's been really good. Scratch offs in Virginia Slims. Man. Or I, I could just show them one of these things. Huh? 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 That'll, that'll get them out of hibernation quickly. The Stanley Cups. They did a skit on SNL about these yesterday. Jared says, I have no interest sitting in the woods freezing. Ah, 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 ah. Um, you know, the, one more thing I, I, I do want to bring up about um, LSU schematically next season. I was going to save this for Tuesday show. You know, I... It's, 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 it's strange. Like... You look at the two teams that have made it to the Super Bowl, okay? They um, they both love using tight ends. They both love using tight ends. One team loves using a fullback, who also serves as like an H-back tight end. Man, you can ask Blake or anyone that's played on the offensive line, man. <sighs> when you have tight ends, man that are animals and can block on the edge and can do things in the run game. It is so unfair. It is so unfair. And I know Todd Monken called an absolutely atrocious game today, but for the most part, he was really good in Baltimore. And for the most part, he was really good at Georgia using tight ends. Okay. I bring that up because we do return Mason Taylor next season. And if trade as Green or Kamarion Pimpton move forward at all as blockers, watch out, man. Yeah, I know Clifton has asked this question a lot. But, man, if we can get something going in 12 personnel, it would help Garrett Nussmeyer help out our entire offense, right? I mean – it is amazing. It is amazing what it does. Man, amazing. Because it, if you have, you know, an extra tight end and, and the Lions, God, the Lions are so good at this. And that they did this tonight. You can outgap people. You know, the Lions ran the football at will tonight. Okay. When you can outgap people, bro, it, it, there, there's nothing like methodically running the football back in the day. All right. You know, it, you, it, it makes you feel like you're watching old school Smash Mouth football when honestly you're just playing math, right? And, one thing I found interesting, and I think it's going to be a very key thing moving forward for all athletes in all sports. 
a lot of the best wide receivers that are playing this weekend are good, willing blockers. Brandon Ayuk is a good blocker. Uh, I'm on St. Brown's a good blocker. Um, and, and I say this because as a player, if you are a wide receiver and you aren't getting targets or you drop a lot, one way you can play a lot is being a good blocker. And, you know, you've seen this in the NBA. You've seen this in the MLB. The more things you do well, the better off you are. Okay? So, you know, I I watched all these tight ends. I mean, if you really look at this weekend's games, the final four teams had the four best tight ends in the NFL. And really think about that. The final four teams had the four best tight ends. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey in the AFC, and then in the NFC was um, Sam Laporta, who's the best young tight end, and then um, George Kittle, who overall is the best tight end in the NFL. And then a lot of the other playoff teams had good tight ends too. David Njoku made the Pro Bowl this year for the Browns. Athletic freak. <laughs> Will LSU run something other than inside zone? Man, I love inside zone. It's my favorite run play, man. It's my favorite run play. That's 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 as good of a that's my favorite. I know it's arguably the most basic. And I wonder if I was an offensive coordinator, if I would more so want to be based out of based on counter, like Florida State's offense. I love Florida State's offense. Um, but there you go. Tight ends, Dan. They they crush it. They clear. <laughs> All right. Um, here's what we're going to do. In the next five to ten minutes, I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you do Super Chat, we'll keep it going. Now, on Patreon, if you sign up for Patreon tonight, we need new patrons. Patreon.com slash LSU football. The link is down below. It's the very first link. We tried to get this out the other night. I'll give it out to the next patron. This is a guy who's currently with LSU, Nicholas Brissett. Next patron that signs up gets this autographed Nicholas Brissett card. I will also send a PHL sticker. So please go sign up. My latest post on Patreon. Okay. The take that I got the most heat for ever. And it happened roughly a decade ago. Go to patreon.com slash LSU football. And it was about an LSU legend. And it pissed some people off. Go to patreon.com slash LSU football. And it had to do with the games also that happened tonight. But this take actually happened a decade ago. And I was 
more right about this than anything I've ever been right about. So go to patreon.com slash LSU football. You can see it. And if you are a patron and if you've seen it, please don't share it here. That is for your eyes only. Okay. That is for your eyes only. And I've been asked that on here before. Whoa. And I don't remember every take that I'm right or wrong about, but this one kind of just popped back up uh, because the NFL was going in the direction it was going in this weekend. It was crazy. I think Danny's behind on the chat. Austin Thomas back is huge. There you go. I was right about Jerry. Ha, 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 ha. TOV, what's good then? Good to see you. Pegasus, good to see you. Carlton, uh, I will not, I, I meant to tell Blake this earlier, I will not be able to be on the show tomorrow. And I'm calling some college basketball games. I don't ever miss Blake's show unless I have to go do my job. So uh, there you go. But the game might be canceled. I'm supposed to be learning about that tomorrow. Uh, how about LSU fifth highest odds to win it all in 2024? Very interesting. Uh, I will. Don't worry. I'll be on soon. Blake's my favorite show I've ever been on. Now, I've been on some very, very good ones, okay? Uh, th that's why I meant to call him earlier about that. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll have a call in the morning from my uh, my boss who schedules me to do this. Uh, I call uh, some community college, college basketball games. And uh, most of the games I call involve the South Ark Stars. So, yeah. Uh, I'll post a link in the Discord if the games are happening tomorrow, which I'm pretty sure they are. Okay. Um, but guess what? Blake shows are going to be great tomorrow. You can tune into that. You can tune into uh, my college basketball commentary. Uh, Jared tuned in, and Dante, I think Dante is probably listening in the background. Um I go crazy on these calls. I, I just have the most fun I possibly can. Okay. I hate, hate it when play-by-play -play announcers get stale. Okay. Have fun with it, man. Have fun with it. All right. Um, so I guarantee you, you'll be entertained. I mean, actually got uh, some, some good teams. Yeah, I posted a clip. Um, one of the kids who plays on one of the teams uh, that I call for, um, he's from Baton Rouge. I had a Jaden Daniels call. Uh, it was something like so-and-so scored a huge basket, 
He's from Baton Rouge, which is home of the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels. Number two on the Lady Stars. Yeah, she's good. Logan Smith's good. Got a good, we got, got some good players. Nuss stands a chance to win it all. Sibley, you got to go watch my Quinn Ewers breakdown. I did a 45-minute Quinn Ewers breakdown today on my Power Hour SEC break, uh, channel. But, yeah, I could post a few clips. Every game that I've called, though, is on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Uh, South Dark Community College is where you can find it. I love it, though. I love it, and uh, yeah, it's that season. I will say this, though. Even with the community college level, the transfer portal is lit. Like, um, my buddy is um, a college baseball coach, and he is a JUCO college baseball coach. And now with Twitter, it is so easy to share your highlights. Like, um, this this happened to me actually with two different people recently. And I don't believe that they actually watch uh, my channel. And that's okay. You know, that people want to do what's best for their clients or kids or whatever. But, and look, I read. Every DM I get on Instagram, or at least I try to, uh, some weeks it can get crazy. And I don't have a lot of Instagram followers, but, you know, I don't post a whole lot on there. But I do get a lot of highlights from kids that are trying to boost their exposure or their coaches trying to boost their exposure. And sometimes this stuff works. Like, this happened to me a few years ago with Xavion Thomas. And... Uh, Blake was there the night that this happened. So I was in a Twitter spaces and this wasn't even highlights sent to me, but Zayman Thomas was like a good three-star, four-star level kid, but he wasn't one of the top, top guys. And this guy was like, just pleading, Hey, go watch my, my player, Zayman Thomas. And he was a coach of Zayman's in high school. And I was like, man, this guy's just trying to, you know, promote. Cause sometimes I'll watch, some high school footage, and I'm like, eh, that's not really, this is not, not good, but I'm glad you sent it to me. But when I watched Javion Thomas, I was like, man, this guy is really freaking good. And it happens. So if you want to send me clips or if you want to get your kids some exposure and you want me just to watch them, I'll look at it, or at least I'll try to. Um, But it is amazing, like on Twitter now with the portal, College baseball, college basketball, and esport. It is in freaking sane. Okay. It's in freaking sane. Like how easy it is to recruit now. Um, or how easy it is for the kid to get some type of exposure. Now you might not. You might not get the response that you want, 
But the fact that you could tweet your highlights out, that's great. Here's Eric. He says, I'll bet on Nuss for the 2025 season. It's something different about a year two starter at the quarterback position. Either they stay the same or they develop into elite play. Yeah, so this is a good point. Most of the best seasons at LSU involved multiple year starters or guys that were starting their final season. You know, Jamarcus Russell's final season won the Sugar Bowl. We're a really good football team that season. Um, obviously, 07, Matt Flynn was a year five first year starter, but he was an older QB. 2011, multiple year starters there. Then, of course, 2019, Joe Burrow in year two, Jaden Daniels his season year two. So there might be something to that. But, you know, every season is just different. There are plenty of year one starters that win natties too. Is Austin Thomas and Pete Jenkins tied for being hired by LSU three times each? I would like to see if someone is at four. Could there be someone at four? There's a lot of twos. Corey Raymond is a third time. So Corey Raymond is tied for these two. Because I think Corey Raymond was a strength coach. Then he went to Nebraska. Then he came back to LSU, went to Florida, and then came back. So I think C. Ray is in there. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. Now, you want to talk about good. Please go sign up. Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. They got all kinds of goodies. These higher, lower things that they do, man, you can win big like Jared. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Let's go. I think a little something here. And that's bus, baby. Now, in the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you do super chat, we'll keep it going. Um, We are close to giving out the Terrace Marshall card. We are 35 away from giving out a Terrace Marshall card tonight. A one-of-one Terrace Marshall card. In this slab, there's only one of these in existence. This would pop really well on your desk at work. T. Marsh. 
let's see. I know this is getting crazy, but we are also one day closer. February 27th, February 27th, excuse me, February 17th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Bossier City Civic Center, the Arklatech Sports Card and Memorabilia Show. It's free for you to enter. Okay. They do some good nonprofit stuff, including with Roy's Kids. Tylen Singleton, Gabriel Relaford, Ahmad Bro, and Debo Atkins, future LSU defensive stars, will be signing autographs. It's free. We want to see you there. And it's worth going, getting a hotel. Who knows? Could go play blackjack after Teddy Bridgewater retiring from the NFL. That's crazy. New Orleans Saints legend, Teddy Bridgewater. Dang, Brock Purdy, man. Dude, I can't believe that they're going to fire Greg Olson for Tom Brady next year. That's crazy, man. Check on the poll question. Who will win the Super Bowl? The Chiefs, even though I misspelled Chiefs, won the poll. The always scientific PHL poll. I screwed that up. I meant to put this.
Dev thinks Deshaun McBride starts day one. I could see it. I mean, Dev, I think we're all kind of hoping that one of these safeties turns out to be him. It is incredible how many safeties that have come into LSU with a lot of pedigree and have just turned into nothing. I mean, a lot. And not only did they not turn out to be good, they transferred to lower levels. I mean, they didn't even transfer to other SEC schools. Some switch positions. So is that safety development or what? what is it? I don't know. You tell me. We've just had a bad run of luck there. So hopefully that swings back in our favor and some of these kids turn out to be good. Jared won hundreds today on Underdog Fantasy. Man, that Josh Reynolds drop cost me dearly. Dearly. Joe Brady goes full time OC. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know which three star out of state players you're referencing. Um, so yeah, you know that that it kind of works both ways. So you look at like recent history. Have there been out of state three star DBs that have been good for LSU? Yeah. Uh, Jay Ward obviously is one. Cordell Flott is another. 
There have been others, uh, Jalen Mills, John Battle. Um, but I get what you're saying, though. Like, there's a lot of three-star DBs that have worked out here, and why wouldn't you go recruit those guys? You know, for me, Scooby, it just comes down to your evaluation. Um, like, for instance, there, there was a three-star safety uh, that committed to LSU and didn't work out. And I watched his film for a little bit, and I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? This, this is not an SEC caliber player. And looked up his athletic uh, athletic metri- metrics. It was kind of hard to get verifiable data on this player. And I was like, huh, we shouldn't do this. Uh, and it didn't work out. I think if you recruit an out-of-state uh, kid, it obviously depends how much resource and resources and time it takes to recruit them. And everybody's got their own evaluations on different kids. I just think the big thing about recruiting out of state three stars now is is it even is the juice even worth the squeeze, knowing that you can go in the portal and get at least baseline production out of guys from similar profiles as that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, we led the stream talking about it. And more so on a macro standpoint, the 2025 class is probably going to be a top three class in LSU history uh, in terms of recruiting ranking. Um, he's obviously a very fine prospect. Um, top 100 DBs at LSU have historically been really good. Uh, for LSU from the state of Louisiana. So this is a really good start for 2025. And I think this class is going to be one of the best that LSU has ever put together. Now, will they turn out to be the producers um, that 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 we expect them to be? Hopefully so. But I do like him a lot. And, you know, he's a class of 2025 guy. So we will see how this final year turns out. So there you go. That's cool, right? That's cool. That's cool, man. That's a cool tractor, too. New Iberia. Shout out to you, Ray. Closing the deal there. Good stuff. Now, guess what? The fun doesn't stop here, y'all. I... We'll be chatting in the Discord after this. Big shout out to our top super chatters today. Jared, Brian, Jared, Nola Goat, Jared again, Carson, and Simper. And our top two super chatters tonight. Let's do some math here. Carson, Nola Grizz, and Jared. I appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. It is. Power. Power. LSU. We'll see you Tuesday night. And tonight, we are doing Paneer, baby. Let's go. Let's go.